All right. Welcome back to the second episode of All Things Sports Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Nick Timberlake from Towson Basketball. And also Ryan Balo, fellow podcasters, joining us today. So we got a lot going on. Jack, I'll pass it to you. We got the leading scorer for the hottest team in basketball right now, Nick Timberlake. The Towson Tigers are back. Um, Nick, let's just start off. Uh, first things first, I think the difference with this team this year is the balanced scoring attack. I think you guys have five guys in double digits right now. It's, anyone could go take over on any given night. Um, what's the benefit to having all these scores and having like not one guy to key in on? It's crazy. I think we have five guys this year who've gone off for 20 or more points. So you just really no, never know like whose night it's going to be. Um, I mean, we thought this before the season even started that like anyone could go off at any, any given time. And uh, I mean, it's been proven true as we've gone through. Nice. All right, I'll ask you the next question. So is there an athlete that you emulate your game after NBA, college, and who would it be? Um, I watch a lot of uh, Westbrook, Clay Thompson, and Donovan Mitchell highlights. So I'd like to think I'm a mixture of those guys with athleticism and shooting. So. One other thing, Nick. Um, the one thing I've noticed about this team is there's not much size. Uh, your center, Charles Thompson, is about 6'7 at best, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he was in my one of my classes, and 6'7 is very generous. But he, uh, <laughs> uh, the one guy, your guy Pratt, the 6'10 dude, doesn't play much. Do you think, uh, do you think first round against a power five team, uh, whether you guys are a 13 seed or 14 seed, do you think, uh, do you think size is going to be, uh, something that could hurt you guys, uh, first round against a big school like that? Uh, I mean, we got to get there first. We got to take care of business in the tournament. Um, but I mean, we've played, uh, we played San Francisco, we've played Pitt, we've played Ohio State. I mean, we all, we lost those games, but I mean, we competed with everyone. We played San Francisco without uh, Jason and Antonio, I think, but uh, our bigs competed with their bigs and they have, they, they were legit big. Um, San Francisco had like 6'10", 7 feet, 7'3". Ohio State had EJ Liddell, obviously, um, and Zed, who's probably seven feet. And I mean, our bigs, Cam and Charles, and when Chase gets in, they held their own as well as Jawan. So, I mean, they have uh, biggest hearts. Uh, they don't back down for anyone. So I feel like it, it really doesn't matter. And that's how we've been taking it. got a question. Season. You hear me, Nick? Yep. What up? Question. Uh, so I used to be at Ohio State. I actually watched all the games this year and all that, and I saw you guys. Uh, I think it was down. You guys were down one at half to Ohio State. I think it was like 33 or 32, I think it was. Yeah, they hit a buzzer beater to end the half, I think, to go up one. And then we lost by 11, I think it was, right? Something like that, yeah. And you said, I know you mentioned San Fran having all those bigs and stuff. My question is, like, to be competing with a team like Ohio State is what, like 22nd in the country now, I think? Mm -hmm. To be able to compete with a team like that, I mean, like Jack said, his Towson team, I think is – I think it's best it's ever been. My question is, what has been like the main, what, why do you think the team is so special this year? What makes the team different from all the rest? Um, I mean, we're just really mature. Uh, a lot of older guys on the team, a lot of guys with experience. 
so I mean we're, we're going to every game with like no fear um I just feel like that's that's helped us a lot uh we're playing with a lot of confidence and as we've shown we can play with anyone in the country right now so uh I think just having no fear and being mature has definitely helped a lot this year definitely uh where's the uh spot of celebration after a big win backyard or <laughs> uh I don't know probably <laughs> so Nick uh, I have a I got another question for you going into the like the Colonial Athletic Conference um who do you guys really see as like your biggest threats coming into the tournament who are you really wanting to play versus who what are the teams you guys want to try and avoid if you can um I mean right now we're not really I don't think afraid of anyone uh, I think we'd want to play everyone if given the opportunity um but I mean top five teams in this league are really good. I mean, Elon can get hot whenever. We lost to Northeastern earlier in the year. So, I mean, it's a tournament. You never know what happens. And March is full of surprises. Very cool. So, yeah, so I have a question. So, how do you prepare on a game day? You know, what does the game day look like? And, like, let's say one's a night game, one's a day game. What's the difference? Can you maybe just like walk us through what that's like? Yeah, so tomorrow we'll play at six. Um, and then we'll, we got to be at the gym around two, I think. So we'll have pregame meal at two, uh, probably to like 2.33-ish. Then we'll go over scout, um, just like what they do, what they like to do. Um, then we'll watch film for a little bit. And then after that, you kind of just rest up for like, I'd probably say another 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then we all go through uh, like different shooting groups. So like the bigs will go first, then uh, the guys coming off the bench, and then um, the starting guards will go out and shoot. Then we'll go out, all the uh, guys will come back out on the floor, go through a whole stretching routine, then uh, skill work, go back in the locker room, have a pregame talk come back out, go through layup lines, then go back in the locker room again for like the final uh, speech, put your jersey on and everything. Uh, and then last like five minutes warm-ups and then game starts. Pretty long day though. Long and day, yeah. yeah. For, uh, for games at like noon or something, we'll just wake up, have breakfast um, and go right to the gym. We usually go through the film and everything the night before. Is there one that you prefer? Like, do you prefer playing at night or do you, like, prefer playing yeah, during the day? I'd rather play at night. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just you have a lot more time to just rest up and be ready for it rather than wake up early and get to the gym. I got a question not completely basketball-related. Um, obviously, you guys are on the road a lot, and I know at the beginning of seasons, a lot of teams, uh, they'll go to, like, the, like, Bahamas Classic or you guys go somewhere and play a bunch of teams – What's like uh what's like the coolest place? Like what's the place you guys look forward to most uh traveling for an away game or a neutral site game? Uh well my favorite since I've been here, we went to the Bahamas my freshman year, so that was a ton of fun. We stayed at um Baja Mar, which is just a ridiculous hotel. Yeah. Uh we didn't do Love too good, there. but we had fun. Um but Charleston's a fun trip. Uh every time we go down there they sell out just because they know it's going to be a good game. Uh, UNCW this year was really fun. 
Um, that, that crowd looked crazy that game, by the way. I thought yeah. that, crowd, that was that was an insane crowd. Yeah, they were loud. Um, I saw that, uh, whole that, dunk, that dunk to cap it off you had, the little exclamation point at the end. Yeah. Got into the fans. But that leads me to the next question. Um, that was a pretty crowded game. I know the Ohio State game was packed because they always sell out. What's like the what's the worst chirp you've had from a student section? Oh, <laughs> worst, what's something that's just like really got your attention? If it's too bad, don't say it on air because we have a lot of fans watching this, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's nothing really crazy that no one really says like anything crazy. I mean, you get the the you suck and like you can play or something like that. Um, but one, I forget where we were at. Someone told me I was Justin Timberlake's ugly cousin. <laughs> Which I, did, like, I thought that was hilarious because I've never heard that one before. So I got a question. I'm not too familiar, but um, are your guys' conference tournament games, do you guys play them at, at the home facility or do you guys go somewhere for the conference tournament? No, so we'll go down to um, D.C. We'll play at uh, where the, the Mystics play, I think. Okay. They have a, a nice arena down there, so we'll go – Everything. Everyone will come up here. It was in. Um. It was at JMU last year because of COVID. They had a new facility, so they showed that off. And then the year before, I was in DC. And my freshman year is in uh, North Charleston. They have a huge arena down there, so it's been different every year. But I think they're trying to keep it in DC. And I got. I got another personal question. I saw you're from Massachusetts. Um. Are you a yep. Are you Boston sports guy? Hell yeah! I love that. Love that. Yep. I'm a huge Boston guy over here. Really? Yeah, yeah. My grandpa grew up in Newton, so we'll, okay. go, up to, we'll go up to Fenway Park like every summer. It's a fun time yeah. up there, so that's awesome. I'm like, I'm like 20 minutes from Newton. We played uh, played their high school there in my conference in high school, obviously. But good yeah. sports up there, man. It's good sports. That is for sure. <laughs> Coach, uh, Coach Scary or Scurry, however you pronounce it, is, is a Boston guy too, isn't he? He's from Northeast. Yeah. Yep. Is that kind of how you got recruited to Towson or what was the, uh, what were your other bit. options? Um, I mean, coach, yeah, scary. And um, he's from, he's from mass. And then coach Clark, one of the assistants, uh, coach with my dad at GW. So like we kind of had ties mm -hmm. without even knowing it. Um, and then they started recruiting me and I just felt really comfortable with them. So I ended up committing here, but um I had a bunch of offers, uh, Vermont, Elon, um, Sienna, Loyola, Chicago, uh, Maine, BU, uh, UNC wow. Wilmington. I don't know. I couldn't, I, I had a bunch. Well, I had, glad, uh, I'm glad you chose Towson and that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy at how it worked well, out. Uh, I know you're Don't busy me. right now, so, uh, we'll let you get going, but, um, Obviously, we're all pulling for the Tigers, and let's hope that uh, we keep rolling, keep dancing into March. But um, maybe uh, as if everything goes well, we could have you back on the podcast at some point, talk sure. you know future games and the tournament and everything. But let's keep it rolling and go Tigers! Definitely, yeah, thank out, you so come much. Out support brother. tomorrow. Yes, sir. We'll be there. We'll be there for sure. Watching. But yeah, no, we, really we really appreciate you coming on. So thanks for the time. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, thanks it, for having me. Good luck going forward, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Nick. We'll catch you. All right. All right. That one went well. So let's get into our news. So James Harden, obviously a Philadelphia 76er, 
putting up crazy sat lines in his first two games. How do we like it? Good fit? Do we think they're going all the way? Thoughts on that? I can jump in. I mean, if you watched any of the first two games, watching James Harden play with Joel Embiid, I mean, it's it's a thing of beauty. It's, yeah. um, you have one of the best offensive scorers in the league with Joel Embiid, and then I think the best one-on-one player maybe ever in James Harden. Um, the one thing I do think the Sixers may lack with that trade is they trade a lot of their depth. Um, so it's like when Harden's off the floor, who's going to be the guy to really get a bucket? I know they got Maxi, but other than that, I, I don't know who that is on Philly. Um, but right now, I mean, it's fun to watch. These two are playing great basketball, and the fact that it happened so quick, it's, it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in there. I'm going to kind of jump the gun here a bit to a future topic. We're going to talk about MVP in a bit, but I, I have to say, I thought it was Embiid before. He was, I think he's averaging the league in points per game. And now with Harden there to draw some of the attention away, I just – I don't see anyone who can surpass him. I mean, obviously Giannis could catch him, but Embiid with Harden there now to spread the floor a bit, I think that's just a lock for MVP at least. Mm-hmm. You'll see I, my hot take that I, it's it's crazy. I I, I don't save it for it, later though in the show the hot takes and all that. Stuff. We'll, we'll save it, but I won't I won't comment on James Harden putting up we'll the numbers it. right now. So, Verona, I completely agree with what Bale was saying. I think Embiid's one of the most double most double teamed guys in the league. They love trying to get the ball out of his hands in the post, and with James Harden at the Rock, obviously one of the best one on one players. You can't double either of them because they're just going to they're going to feed off each other. They do have shooters. They're not deep, but Korkmaz, Niang, Maxi, all those guys can knock it down. But I mean, when you've got those two guys in a pick and roll, especially with Embiid's ability to stretch the floor. I mean, I, I really like I said on the last podcast, they're my pick out of the East. And I don't see I don't see anyone stopping that duo. There, there's a lot that. of good teams in the East. It is a lot. I I. I'm going to jump in here. I think, like I said, I think Harden and Embiid, I agree with all you guys. The combination is unbelievable. Embiid, probably front runner for MVP right now. Harden, like Baylor said, I touched about, about how he's talking about the best one-on-one player. Um, I still think there's so many solid teams on these. I, I wouldn't say they're a clear-cut walk-in fit. I think the Bucs, I think the Nets, even you can never count out Kevin Durant, a healthy Kevin Durant with the and Nets. People aren't talking about the, the Heat. I mean, the Heat are playing great basketball. So are the Celtics. Even the Bulls. Yeah. There's, there's seven the solid teams. I would say they're definitely good, but I wouldn't say they're front run clear cut. The, the, East, the East is wide open. Um, I don't think this puts Philly as, like, the favorite by any means. But, I mean, I was watching today, and Jack was talking about the pick and roll. They literally had six possessions in a row where Harden either took a layup or they, the defender on Embiid came up to guard Harden, and Embiid was open for the dunk. So, I mean, it, it was six possessions in a row, bam, 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 pick and roll bucket. So, it's going to be hard to guard. Um, but like I said, the East is just too competitive. There's there's a lot of good teams out there. I got a question uh, real quick. Yeah. Based off of that, real quick. Let me sneak one in real quick. Yeah. So, we were talking about the East and the West. I, I, I just a question for all you guys. I, I know my opinion for sure, and it's pretty quick up for me. Who do you think as of right now going forward is the most competitive conference? You think the East or the West? I think definitely the East in my opinion. No what do you guys think about that? So I think it's got to no be brainer. the East. It's been the West for years now, but I mean, the Eastern oh, Conference has a lot of good teams. I mean, I, I think I think we would all agree on that. I mean, I will say with the West, like 
yeah, the Warriors are probably the favorites, but there's very a lot of good teams heavy. in the West. Like it's very uh, top heavy. I don't know. I think They're also injured right now is the top some of those West teams like Chris Paul and Clay Thompson and Wiseman. But yeah, I just want to touch base real quick about that. Like Jamal Murray is coming back soon. I don't know. I think the East is definitely more competitive, but the West is still it's not like a Warriors aren't good, up by it's a good to see. It is very good to see a balance in the league now because for about five or six years, the start of the year. Even my grandmother knew who the NBA Finals was going to be. It was Warriors, Cavs yeah. every year. Oh, no, it's only this it was year, LeBron yeah. versus the Warriors. I mean, you always knew, and now it's kind of like last year was the first one where you know it was really a surprise. I mean, it was all up in the air. I mean, Bucks, Suns. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw that coming. And this year, I could see another a repeat of that. You know, there's about four or five teams at least in each conference that you can make a case for. So. Should be exciting to watch the NBA playoffs again. It's good to see it back. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, can, I, can I just add one more thing, Ginger? I mean, the one yeah, thing going back, to Matt's, going back to Matt's point, I still do think the Warriors and the, and the Suns are the two best teams in the league. Um, I, I don't – I, I think if one of those two teams plays anyone in the East, they probably come out, to, out on top fully healthy. So, that, that's the one thing I will say on that. But that's the East is point. definitely more balanced. So, we'll see. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So let's, let's we'll talk about that later on. But um, let's switch up a news topic. So MLB lockout. MLB just canceled additional spring training games two days ago. Lockout is still going on. The owners and the players can't come to an agreement. Any thoughts about that? Do we think it's going to be resolved anytime soon? Are we worried? What do we think? I know there's. I mean, oh, you go. go no, you go ahead, Brandon. It's fine. Right, yeah, I mean. From my understanding, there's just like five or six large issues here. So they got a lot to work through. It's, you know, it's not just one thing, but a lot of different things. You know, uh, I heard there's postseason expansion, you know, salary cap issues, even though there isn't a hard salary cap, you know, luxury tax no issues. Cap. Yeah, luxury tax issues. It's just there's so many different things going on. Um, they don't want to pay the minor leakers for spring training. Yeah, but there's going to be baseball. There's going to be baseball. Obviously, there's going to be, but you know, there's. I'm saying there's like six large issues here. You know, they want to raise the league minimum, um, bonus pools. It's a lot to get through. Yeah, so I mean, I think talking about the minimums, I think that's that's the biggest concern. It's like these players want a minimum contract for, for, for like a base salary for every player to get a minimum amount, and that's just not fair. I mean, you have too many. You have too many teams. You have AAA teams, AA teams. Uh, single A and you have the MLB teams you can't put a minimum on these teams they are so many players the owners are not going to make any money so I mean I think it's kind of unfair what a lot of these players are asking for um, and then you got you get guys like Matt, Max Scherzer who are really for these minimums when he's far and away the highest paid player in the league he should have taken a pay cut if he cared that much in my opinion so I, I don't, I'm on the side of the owners with this um, we'll see but I think there will be a season. They'll, they'll come to season. Uh, there, I'll, put, I'll put money on it. I'll put money on it. All right, so that leads us to our next topic. We were kind of just talking about it, but let's dive in. So MVP of the NBA will go around the circle. Someone wants to start. Go ahead. Who do we think is taking home? I'll start this one off real quick. It won't be that long, but uh, we were all just touching base with how good Joel Embiid's been and, you know, how dominant – that he makes that Sixers team what they really are. I mean, as much as I think I, I love Embiid, I think he's a beast. Like I, I think he's having a great, great stretch of games going right now for him. I still would like to argue. I think DeMar DeRozan, like what he's doing for that team in Chicago. I mean, I think that he's putting up 
crazy numbers and just making everybody else around him better. I think he's what 28 points a game. I'm looking at five rebounds, five assists. Like he's making not only himself better, but I think he's making players like ball and all everybody else. They're just playing with him are just playing at a high, high level right now. I would not be surprised if the bulls go far in this, in this, uh, NBA this year. That's my opinion, Demar. I 100% agree with you. I think Demar is the clear cut MVP, right? Not clear cut, but he is without a doubt my MVP choice right now. If you see what he's doing, he's had eight straight 35 point games. They're on a tear. They're 39 22, a game behind the Heat, the Chicago Bulls. I mean, they have not been that successful in the past. He's without a doubt the best free agent position. He is putting up MVP numbers. And they are a legitimate contender. I have them going to the conference finals, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made the finals. So I think the Rosen is definitely MVP right now. I like I like that. I, I like the DeRozan pick. I think that'd be a very popular MVP pick. But I think it's just it's impossible to ignore what Jokic is doing right now, especially with no Jamal Murray. I was looking at his numbers earlier. He's almost averaging a triple double. He's got 26 points a game, almost 14 rebounds, and eight assists. I mean, to do that at the center spot, averaging eight assists, that's absolutely unheard of. And he's Porter, I mean, Porter's also hurt for them right now, right? I, he's been banged up, yeah. Michael Porter Porter. Andrew, probably been out for a while. I mean, now. he right. keeps his yeah. team. He always Michael keeps Porter, his yeah. team in it. And no, I mean, no it, passing that. his vision and you know playmaking ability at the center spot. I've never seen a center make everyone around him better like Jokic does. He's the best passing big ever, I think. So right yeah, now, I, mean, I got Jokic. I mean, going back to what Vlad and uh, Matt said, I mean, I think it's DeRozan. I think it shows for a while now how undervalued and underappreciated DeMar was in the NBA. Um, I mean, he meant wonders to that Raptors team with Kyle Lowry. They shipped him off to get Kawhi, which obviously turned out to be a good move for them. Um, but then he went to San Antonio and they were pretty quiet. Now he's finally got some good guys around him. You got Lonzo, you got uh, Vucevic. You got a lot of good guys around him. Lowry. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, no, La- Lowry plays. Oh, he's on, he's on the heat. Lowry. Lowry, Lowry, Lowry. Lowry. I'm at ball. I don't know why I said Lowry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, they're, they're, I, I wouldn't say they're – you could call them contenders. I don't think they end up winning, but it, it's cool to see what he's doing for that Bulls organization for sure. Yeah, I was going to – I mean, uh, like I said earlier, I was kind of all in on Embiid, but you guys are bringing up some good points. I mean, they have a rookie in Io Desumnu who started a handful of games because of their injuries, and the fact that they're in the position they are is just – he shows to how good he's been playing. Io's awesome, also. I mean, he, he was one of those guys – I think he was a second-round pick. I mean, he wasn't – wasn't he's, supposed he was to be a top guy. People thought he was old, didn't have that much potential, and he's he's putting up some great numbers for them. So that's fun to watch. He stayed in his hometown too in Illinois. Yeah, and then obviously I still think Giannis. You know, I still think he's a contender for MVP. I mean, everyone's so quick to say all these guys, but Giannis is still there. He's still doing his thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis brought home either. Yes, it should be a crazy race, honestly. Could go to That'll be some arguments guys. for Steph also. Yeah, I mean, Steph's Very production streaky. has fallen Very off streaky. a little bit with Clay, which is a little bit surprising, not really. But, you know, he could still win it also. They're probably the best team in the NBA. So, yeah, it could be any of those guys, really. That's awesome. All right, so that moves us into our favorite topic, our hot takes. We had a couple of hot takes. 
last week. I said the Giants would make the playoffs. Um, we had some other <laughs> crazy ones. So let's do this again. Let's start us off with someone. I, I can go ahead and start mine off because I've been eager to say it. Um, I think the Providence Friars are going to lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And you guys might think this is crazy, but I think there's a lot of reasons why this may happen. Um, if, according to Ken Palm, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ken Palm rankings. Love some Ken Palm stats. Yeah. But they're basically far and away the highest luck rating factor. Um, they win close games. They basically and they call that lucky. Um, going, going a little deeper into it, one of five t- teams ever have been double, have won double digit games. Or have, excuse me, I'm saying this wrong. Have won games by less than five points and have more than double digit wins in those games. And out of those five teams, four of them to do so, three of them lost the first round, and then the one team went to the Elite Eight. So, I mean, I think it just shows – I don't know if I said that correctly, but <laughs> I, I just really think – I know what you mean. This, I think this team is like they, – they, give it to them. They've won a lot of close games. Um, I love what Cooley's done for that organization. Um, I think he, he's, he might come to Maryland next year, so that would be nice. Um, I, I just I don't see them – yeah, he probably won't, but he's also from Providence, so we'll see. Um, I, I just I, – I don't see a guy that can really take over a game. I like Durham. He's a good player. Um, but, like, when it comes down to it, there's too many good teams in the NCAA right now, and I, I really think – I'm willing to take on any bet with you all that they won't make it to the Sweet 16. So, I'm really confident in that take. I, uh, we'll can, uh, see. Wow. I can go with my hot take next because it's college basketball as well. Um, this one's a little biased, but I've been watching this Towson team all year, and I mean, it just jumps out at you that they've got five guys averaging double digits. Like Nick said earlier, all five have had a game where they've had twenty-five or more. And the thing is with this team, like they don't have like you know your six-eleven center that could just clean up every rebound and block shots, but. From one through five, those guys can all can all guard any position. They're all about six five, and they all can just they can switch. They don't need they don't need to hedge and recover. They switch everything. They're tough defensively, and this team is rolling right now. They're hot at the right time. And when you've got all these shooters and all these scores, there's no one guy they can focus their uh, D on and just take away. And if you look at the power five games they've played. Pittsburgh, they lost a heartbreaker by two points at Pitt early in the year when they were still getting, you know, used to it because that Towson's got three transfers in their uh, in their uh, rotation. But um, um, they also gave Ohio State everything they everything that they earned. So, I mean, they're projected a 13 seed right now. I think they honestly slide into a 12 seed with how hot they are if they win the conference. That 12-5 game, you know, is always dangerous. There's always at least one, maybe two 12 seeds that win it. And Towson is just a team no one wants to play. They can defend, they can shoot the three, and they're so balanced. And I think whoever plays Towson is going to have their hands full. And I, my bold take is Towson is definitely winning the first round of, the March, of, of March Madness. And I'm going to say it, I honestly think they're a second weekend team. I think they still got to get there. <laughs> they'll get there, buddy. Hey, that's why it's a bold take. I mean, they, you can't make this take unless time. they get there. So we'll, we'll, well see. They they get, win the I mean, we, we just played UNC Wilmington, who's, I mean, obviously it needs to come back in the tournament. Second weekend team. It's like, what? 
I mean, look, hey, so I, Giants, I actually, watch my hot take, Mr. Giants. So I actually have Ken Palm ranking. <laughs> a lot more realistic. Towson oh. actually has a 60, they're 63rd in the nation, according to Ken Palm. They have a, they have a better ranking than West Virginia. I like Ken Palm. VCU, Creighton, um, Rutgers, Clemson, Maryland, St. Bonaventure. Maryland? Yeah, I mean, so the, the, they're ranked really? Wichita State, Penn State. A lot, a lot of these big teams. I mean, they, they, they're good. They're, they're a legit team. Um, the fact of the matter is, they got to win the conference. I mean, they're not going to get an auto bid from anywhere. Don't worry about that, boys. No, we'll see. You can go next, Brandon. All right. So, I got, I got kind of a hot take that can transition into a steaming hot take. I think Jalen Waddle finishes the season as a top ten fantasy receiver. And I even think he could finish top six or seven. I, I, mean, I definitely, that, I mean, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Coming up I mean, that, with that higher, when, when you look at what Debo did this year, with the, what, what's the head coach's name? I forget what his name is. For who? For the Dolphins. Daniel, for the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, McDaniel. So he, he was the wide receivers coach at San Fran, or the offensive coordinator. Yeah, Waddle's so, a beast. I mean, yeah, if you look at what Debo did right. and you look at what he what he does for that favorite target, and he even said, I saw in an interview, he wants to get Jalen Waddle the football. So I think that's a good take. Yeah, I mean, 100 receptions in his rookie season. I think he missed the game also. I mean, I think he's – I don't want to call it a breakout season because it's his sophomore year in the NFL, but I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I'm going to do mine real quick because mine's also not going to be that long. I mean, this is a quick little bullet take, but – I'm going to switch over to NFL also. We all love fantasy here, so I'm going to talk about a little fantasy thing real quick. I'm going to go with Javante Williams next year being a top two fantasy running back lock. Absolute lock. Top two fantasy running back locking in Javante Williams. Oh, That's wow. quite the hot take there. That's like oh. a you know, eruption. I see, flames. I see flames coming from the computer screen. I mean, that is like Sahara oh. Desert. That's my goal. So, so is your basis for that? Is your basis for that having Aaron Rodgers come to Denver? What's that? So I'm saying, d- does that take required that Aaron Rodgers come in and play with or without Denver? Aaron Rodgers? Javante Williams would be a top. I'll say, I'll say fine, not top two. I'll say top. Oh, that's not nearly. Come on, you can't back out of a hot You're fine. Top two, Javante Williams. I actually don't mind Matt's take if Rodgers or a big name quarterback signs, but right now, number one with Teddy Bridgewater, that offense does not move the ball enough for Javante to get his his numbers, especially when you're down, you know, seventeen three with five minutes left. I mean, when you're playing from behind like Denver is accustomed to, especially in that division with the Chiefs. The Chargers. No, I said fantasy, though. PPR. I know. I'm saying. Lines. They also have Melvin there. To get his well, money. Melvin's a free agent. So, I mean, that, that's I thought also, it was, I thought it was that's next also I would assume that take requires that Melvin signs. If Melvin is gone as well, yes. I, I love Javante. I think Javante's going to be a star in NFL. Bottom right? line, he thinks Javante is going to be. It's a bold prediction. We're doing bold takes, are we not? I like that. That's a good hot. We're doing bold predictions. I'll switch it up. I'll go to a different thing. I'll go to the NBA. And I don't know how we haven't talked with this team. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing on another level this year. I know they just lost three straight, but they just won against the Wizards the other night. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers will definitely make the conference finals, and I think they have a chance to make the finals this year. Their defense, third third highest defensive rating in the league. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, both all-stars. Garland averaging 28-8. Allen averaging a double-double. I mean, these guys – 
they're doing this without Colin Sexton, arguably their best player. They just traded for Karis LeVert. They are ready. I know they're young, but I could see them going really far. I think they have everything they need. And that's my take. Yeah, you also, know it, you wait, also got on, Mobley on. there. You got Mobley. I know, it, I know it's a hot take. Both Mobley's a hot take, but I would just like to say that they, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing the Bucs. So they'd have some their work cut out for them. It's bold yeah, take. I don't, I don't mind East. that bold take at all. I agree. I have bold take for a reason. That's just the East. I think, that, I think they can win that series. So I think we all had our hot take. Um, so let's move in to our last debate. Final four championship predictions for college basketball. We don't know the divisions yet, but what four teams do we think can make it? Who do we have winning it all? Who do we love in March Madness this year? This is crazy. Um, for those of you listening, we're recording fe- February 27th, Sunday. This is the day after the ranked teams one through six all lost. I mean, it's yep. hard. There's a lot of parody. I really thought that those like top six teams were kind of separating themselves, but it just goes to show you, you don't know. I'm going to go, go with uh, – oh, okay. Brandon can go in. Do you want to start us off? or? I mean, I – I mean, obviously it's you have the tough. favorites there. You got like Baylor, Kansas. I think Kentucky is really good also. Gonzaga. I don't want to say those are my four, but those are the teams that have stuck out to me the most. I mean, this year is just so unique because – Looking at last year, I mean, everyone pretty much put Baylor and Gonzaga in their championship game. Um, this year, I think you could argue 10 to 15 teams could oh, yeah. easily be in that t- championship game. Um, so it's, it's, it's fully wide open. I think if I were to choose personally, I'd say Gonzaga for sure should get there. I know they just lost the same Aries, but going through fair. that roster, I mean, you have Timmy and Chet Holmgren. I mean, that's the best front court I've ever seen probably in a college basketball roster. Um, looking at like Auburn also, I mean, I think far and away Jabari Smith is like one of the best NBA prospects I've seen in a while. He's probably he reminds, one. Yeah. I mean, he, if he doesn't go number one in the draft, I don't know what NBA GMs are looking at because I mean, the kid's got it all. I mean, he, he, he reminds me so much of Kevin Durant. I think right away he'll make an impact in the league. So, I mean, you could talk about them. Um, I don't like Auburn. I, they're not so deep. I mean, they got good guard play. They got Jabari Smith. And then you got Kest, Walker Kessler's arguably the best center in the league. So, I mean, they're, they're a great team. I don't know. We'll see. I got I mean, At the beginning of the season, I, I loved Kansas. I don't know if I like them as much anymore just because they're not playing great defense. Um, offensively, though, I mean, you got Ochai Abaji. He's a, he's a stud. McCormick, they had everyone. McCormick. I mean, they're a great team, but they got to they gotta get, be better defensively. I like win. Ron, too. I, I like the can I like Kansas. Uh, I think they're just deep. I love Bill Self. They're always ready to go come March. But a team that no one's talking about that I think is probably the most underrated team in the country. No one gives the Arkansas Razorbacks any credit. This team is five and zero in the last two months against top fifteen opponents. They just get it done. And I mean, I was watching them the other day against Tennessee. Um, that center of theirs, I forget his ben name. Over, yeah. I think he took five charges. I mean. That guy is the heart and soul of that team. They can defend. They get out in transition. They got Chris Likes to transfer from Miami. Likes the beast. Coming off the bench. I mean, they're deep. And that I forget their coach's name, the guy from Nevada who took the Martin Twins to Sweet 16. He knows how to get it done in March. Arkansas is proven. They're battle-tested against the tough teams. I like them to make it. Like Balos said, I think this year is wide open. I think 
you're going to see some surprise teams. And I like Freeman's uh, Wisconsin Badgers. I know he doesn't love them, but I, I think they're a type of team that can make some noise in March, the way they defend and uh, their efficiency on offense. Another dark horse is not going to be a very popular pick with you guys. But every time I watch this Marquette Marquette team play, you like Marquette. They just run and gun and score. And if they get hot, my God, I'm not over. Good luck. Good luck with Marquette. They're, they're, I don't see them in the final four, but we'll, we'll see on that. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go back to Ginger's question or about the final four. Uh I'm just gonna get four teams real quick. I think like I uh I said last episode, I think Candace for sure is gonna take it. I think that between like I said, Bill, I'm not gonna give reasons why I did it last episode, but Candace is my number one, I think. Number two, I like Purdue a lot. I think Purdue is – I think they're extremely well coached. I think that they – unbelievable size, and then lastly, you need experience. In this tournament, you have to have experience. Most of these guys, what, are seniors and juniors leading this team now? I think that Ivy – that guy, Edie, like, what is he, like, seven feet? Yeah, seven four. He is seven four. Edie, and Williams. They have, and they have Williams. Yeah, and Williams. Well, I mean, you have, when you have that kind of height, you have Ivies leading you and you're a great coach team. And experience, they're in my final four for sure. I have them in Kansas. The one thing, Vlad, I, I don't mean to cut you off. The one thing I don't like about Purdue is I don't know why they they never play Eddie and um, Williams on the floor at the same time. I've never seen you have two of the yeah, best. That's true. Well, they're both fives. I mean, they both they both play the fives. So Fabian I, I would love to see them play together. Yeah, he can play the four, but he's liability on defense getting back. I mean, it's still. I don't like having a guy like Travion Williams not in the starting lineup. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it works Especially for them, but – last year, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it really What's doesn't up? make sense to me. I, I like Balo's take earlier of uh, the Providence first, uh, first round upset. What's everyone's, like um, – what's everyone's team, like the overrated uh, – Auburn. Like 100%. first round upset. Like who, who do you think is one of those teams that just you see getting shocked first round and just sent home? I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but Gonzaga, I think this Wait, is let, let him say his final four first. Do your final another. four. Gonzaga in the first round. I'm not in the first round, but I think, I think Gonzaga is going to get out pretty soon. I, I just. It's a bold take, not this, not this I'm, question. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not buying them to be in the final four. I don't think they'll be in the elite eight. I just, I just don't. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not loving it. I'm not every year. I feel like it's the same thing with them. They always have the talent, but they don't play anyone. And it's just, I feel like in March, especially with Chet being a freshman, I don't see them making it too far. I so, couldn't like disagree that. more with that take. Um, I like Gonz- that. Jim. Gonzaga is top five adjusted offense and adjusted defense. I mean, they, they can do everything. They have easily, I mean, Chet Holmgren is. He's close. I mean, you could argue him over Jabari Smith in the draft. No way. Absolutely not. I mean, he need, the problem is he's more of a project, right? He needs to put on some size. But, I mean, he, he can shoot the ball. He can, he can make it inside. And then you have Drew, Drew Timmy, who's a, a stud. We saw him in the tournament last year. And they have Nemhard there, too. And you got a couple guys. I forget. They had one transfer from, I want to say, Iowa State. You guys know what I'm talking about? I forget what I his kid's name is. Bolton, I think his last name is. Gonzaga, Rasir Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a great player also. And Mark Few, I mean, I hate that narrative that Gonzaga chokes in the tournament because year on year out, they're Elite Eight or Final Four. So I think they're eventually going to get it done. Am I crazy to say that I think that Bonchero from Duke, Bonchero, how you pronounce his name, 
is better than uh, Chet. I don't think I don't think Chet is all that. I don't pre, think that he's season like number one projected pick. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think that Chet is that. He's got something Chet is that, that much. In, in stand, I think Timmy runs that team more than Chet any day of the week. I don't think so Chet's like, special. I think you like Blanchero over Ivy in the draft next year. I mean, they're close. I just, I'm just talking about Chad. I'm talking about Gonzaga. I, like I don't mind that. I, I love Ivy also, but I don't think Chad is all that. I, think, I don't think Chad, like you said, he's a young. I don't think that guy is going to be the reason why they go far. I think it's going to be all about Timmy and the rest of the guys. Hey, Chad's Chad. not going to be a bust, though. Like, a lot no, of no, not a bust. I just don't think he's. Yeah, but people are saying that Chad might be a bust in the league. It's like, you I know, think he's going to be a top. No I don't think Chad's that great. No chance. He won't be a bust. I don't think <laughs> he's so, too yeah. talented. You don't have seven, three guys that can stroke with him anywhere. He's I mean, got he's got to put on some size. But the, the fact of the matter is, the big man now in the NBA, that they, they, they shoot threes. I mean, it's completely different. Look at Carl Anthony Towns. He just won the fucking uh, three-point shootout. Um, crazy. You get these guys, these bigs, they shoot the ball now. It's not an inside game anymore. So I, I, I don't see, I don't see how team, he would play, play bad in the NBA. My team that I think is 100% getting bounced first round is Villanova. I watched this team yeah. many times this year, and when I say they live or die by the three, I don't think any team in the country attempts more threes. And when shots are not falling, I mean, they they just look ugly. I saw them struggling against Georgetown, who is god-awful this year. And, I mean... Marquette beat them, I think. Marquette beat them a few times. Georgetown hasn't won a game in contest. Marquette rolls. Marquette rolls Villanova over. Beat them twice. Yeah, I think it's sad. It's sad what happened to Georgetown. I don't want to go off topic, but I mean that that was a powerhouse of the school of Thompson. And now oh, I mean, they oh, haven't yeah, they yeah. haven't won a game in the Big East. That's it. Yeah, great. I know. So I've been against them a lot. Um, Matthew, you want Gordon? You want to you want to talk about um, your final four picks? Sure. So, look, I've been saying it. I've been saying it from the start. I love, love, love Purdue this year. Um, I really think they have everything, whether it's scoring, defense, coaching, experience. I love, love, love Purdue. I don't get the hate for Auburn. I know they just lost. I don't get the hate for Auburn at all. I, I don't understand that, but we'll we'll let that be. I think UCLA, I know they did it last year, but I think UCLA is a team that's not talked about nearly enough. They're a tournament team. I could see them making a run. I feel like choosing still has unfinished business. And then – this is kind of a sleeper, but I think Iowa is a really, really good team. I think recently they've been playing very well. I think Bohannon, I mean, I know he's in like his fifth year, but Bohannon is as reliable as it gets. Um, they're they're also very well coached. They can shoot the lights out. Keegan Murray's a beat. Like they have guys that are experienced. They have playmakers. I love the Iowa Hawkeyes. So those are my four teams. I could see any of them winning at all, honestly. The one team I think also that I'm not saying they're going to go to the final four, but I think they'll definitely make a run is Tennessee. Um, yes. I Ken- love Tennessee. Kennedy yeah. Chandler. I mean, definitely. He's a freshman. I know he'll go to the league next year, but he's, he's a stud. Um, and you got that kid, Santiago Vescovi, who's been there for it seems mm-hmm. like forever. He's yep. a good guard. They got good. They got a good front court. I mean, they're, they're, they're a solid team. Um, so we'll see. I think that's another team that, isn't they're, really talked about. They're and one then, of those teams like right, go on Baylor. Sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. It's fine. They're one of those teams like Arkansas, where I, I love the balance, balance scoring, and 
the, the toughness of that team. They can defend. They're, they're diving for loose balls. They're just gritty. And they got – they're an old team. Uh, they got a lot of guys returning from last year. I, I just I, – I love the athleticism and the, the length of a lot of those guys. Their wing guys are about 6'8", and they can defend. I mean, they're, they're another team you do not want to see in March. I agree, and I think I think it's kind of funny. We're we're talking a lot of SEC schools. It's funny how mm-hmm. it seems like that conference is the is the conference of all sports nowadays. It really um, is. Typically, yeah. You can go yeah. For it. We we haven't even talked about Kentucky, and Kentucky's also. Oh my gosh, Seaway is a monster. I've never seen a more dominant college being that. Oh my god. I think he had like thirty and twenty, and they lost Arkansas. How about Grady? Grady, the shooter. Yeah, and Grady. Yeah, he's like Steph in college basketball. And both their guards have been hurt the whole season. Ty Ty Washington. Yep. Forget what the other kid's name is. He's got an afro, short. They both transferred from Georgia, I think. Wheeler. Um, You're thinking of Wheeler transferred from Georgia. Wheeler. It's crazy thing about all the SEC teams that are just for basketball. I mean. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll the see. one other team, I, I definitely want to give them a shout out. Arizona, those Wildcats, they're, they're good. Um, they always have these foreign guys who just ball out. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think they're, they're a great like, team. They're I mean, big enough. Like Arizona and uh, UCLA, but other than that, they're not too deep. That dude, Kerr in Arizona is a bucket. <laughs> what do we think about Southern Cal? I don't know. They just beat Oregon. They're Oregon sneaky. Just, they're sneaky, sneaky teams, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're an, also a team that like I feel like no one gives the time of day to respect them. I mean, they're they're a solid think, squad. Um, I'm not sure they're going to go to the Final Four, but they could see a Sweet 16, Elite Eight for sure. They went to the Elite Eight last year. They started out. They started out like 11 and 0 to start the year. Right, right. We got a lot of yeah. good basketball ahead, boys. A lot of good basketball. A lot ahead. of good basketball, NBA and college on the way. And that'll wrap up our second episode of All Things Sports Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. Thank you. Follow the vault locks. <laughs> good, <luck. laughs> good talk. <laughs>